Hello and welcome to the Ideology of Madness Hotline. We're busy reading comics right now, but if you'll leave your name, number, and a message at the tone, we'll return your call as soon as possible. Please note, messages left may be played on an upcoming podcast, so be flattering, or at least entertaining. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this OGM. If this is Maria, this is uh, the fellow who owns that house, and thank you. Before Watchmen, comedian number six. I don't need to talk about it. You know, there was originally supposed to be a Before Watchmen epilogue, and um, I have not seen it solicited yet. It's like the uh, marketing machine on this thing ended at about issue four. Yeah, I've noticed that. I mean, basically, once Silk Spectre and um, yeah, Minutemen ended, it just kind of like, oh, if I could just throw out the rest whenever they're ready. Yeah, which is to say, when the good stuff ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. I but mean, you know, it, comedian was good. It, but it. The did you read it? You didn't read it, did you? I did not. I'll probably pick it up in trade. The but. it was really good, and it was very conspiracy theory driven, and his relationship with the Kennedys and uh, Vietnam and whatnot. But I mean, it is like they just stopped drawing the book. Oh, you know, really? it was like it was like done, and I'm like, seriously. I mean, it, it raced to an ending in the last issue, as opposed to having a, a valid arc. Hmm. It was crazy how it ended, and it took such a wild divergence in uh, issues four and five that you're like, really, this is going to wrap up in six because you know they ran down this other corridor and story. And anyway, it, it's expertly drawn. The story's a little crazy on it, hmm. and not in a good way. You know, I'll pick uh, like I'll, I'll wait till I because I think those are pretty cheap on Amazon. Yeah, no, the, I, and I think the collections are the way to go on those things. Mm-hmm. Especially you know the the fact that they're packing them up two at a time. Yeah, good grief, Paul. What? I'm just your, your your collection. Oh, it's getting there. It's getting there. So are you. You're getting to intervention status. Well, what kills me is I mean you just started this like 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. Have have you done a uh, a cost benefit analysis yet? <laughs> <laughs> Nor will I ever. What? I said you tweet a lot. No, I don't. Do you I have really? a Superman pig? <laughs> Whoa! Yes. I want the Superman pig. It's that's, Superman that's, pig. I think that just came from Target. Oh God! I gotta go to Target. And how we don't see pictures of you with your you know four foot tall Superman sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, yet is the answer. <laughs> Have you had anyone come over and react to it yet? Not yet. Um, it, Not I a really woman, is. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we ready? Let's kick this pig. Let's do it. Not. Are we going to kick the super pig though? No, not the super pig. It'll break. <laughs> Tim and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. What's up, fellas? You know, we are we are you know, a week from today, we'll mm. be slot number fouring Fear the Con. I'll be playing chill. No, wait. Will I yeah. be playing chill? Or yeah, will I be playing, playing chill, 
chill in slot four. Yes. Down John's chill game. Old school chill game. So tell me a little bit about chill, Aaron, before I before I jump into it. Well, chill is a game that was uh, made by Pace Setter Games back in the late '80s, early '90s. It's a horror game, kind of uh, kind of the Pace Setter response to uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, very much kind of a classic universal monster kind of thing. Uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of modules like around Dracula and the Mummy and things like that. Um, it's a, it's a hoot and a half. I, we we played it a lot back when I was in college, and and uh, I, I, I I haven't played it. God, I don't think I played it since college. So I am I am super excited about uh, getting to play this with John. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Fear the Con 6 uh, takes place next week in St. Louis. And um, Wayne, do you want to give a brief description of what it is? It's a gaming con. That, that is, is a brief, brief description. description. <laughs> hey, you asked for a brief. Fear the, this is the sixth year of Fear the Con. It's a two-day gaming con with a uh, social mixer the night before. And unlike uh, a lot of the cons I've been to, this one is actually focused on just the gaming itself. There's no big vendor room to wander around. There's not panels and things. It's just two days of solid gaming with free beer, free sodas the whole time. And uh, what, what I enjoy so much about Fear the Con is that it kind of winds up being uh, you know old school reunion because uh, I've got friends that I made from my first Fear the Con there, and then you guys, and uh, it's just it just winds up being a great time hanging out with your buddies, playing games, and you know eating food that's bad for you. Yeah, and all of Cheap the funny books will be there. Yeah, I I can't wait for a little child shall eat them. I listened to the actual play from last year's, and that just sounded incredible. And I know Aaron's going to kill me, but I'm still excited. <laughs> <laughs> we well, see the intent, Wayne, is to kill you and then to kill you again. <laughs> <laughs> Use yeah. you to kill your friends and then kill you again. That's really kind of the theme. <laughs> a, little, a little Wayne shall eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that um so if you are interested in any of the previous year's recordings uh, just do a search for and a little child shall eat them or any of our um we had three rangeboro recordings from fear the con five was it yeah yeah fear the con five and we've got um, that tim's uh, uh savage saturday mornings out there mm-hmm. i mean in fact uh, the pretty much almost every game we've played in, in the last two years almost is uh, on ideology of madness.com and it's just a blast i'm really looking forward to fear the con i haven't seen most of you guys in two years since uh the one i went to i've seen you um i, I haven't well so <laughs> wayne i'll be meeting for the first time <laughs> so fear the okay. con hashtag zagna warrior there you go <laughs> so if you're in st louis get your ass out there or if you're not in St. Louis, get your ass out there. There's, I think there are still a couple of uh, open slots in Saturday morning's chill game. I mean, as far as the ones we're playing in. I mean, there are open slots all across well, the board. But I think Tim's game's full up. Yeah, but I think there's still some uh, open slots in Andrew's Atomic Robo RPG game. That's kind speaking, of cute. Speaking of Andrew, I, I know I'm personally wondering what he's going to buy us this year. Because he set precedent last year. Um, I heard Asian whores. That's what I heard. <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> I, I do know what items that we're bringing from the, the Great White North down for you guys. So. Uh-oh, look out. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and I posted last night I have acquired a bottle of uh, Texas blended whiskey that I'm bringing. Yeah, I saw that. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just good feelings all around. I'm looking I'm, – I just – I'm really excited. I think my flight is Thursday morning. I get there at 1030. 
And uh, the drinking and eating will start shortly thereafter. <laughs> Actually, they'll probably start before I get on the plane. That's right. That's right. So, You've got a connection, don't you, Paul? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Son you know, of a bitch. There are entirely too many things going on on that, uh, that Saturday, though. There's Fear the Come, which is what I'll be at. Then there's Free Comic Book Day. Then uh, my neighbor actually dropped by with this two-sided color flyer. She's hosting a Star Wars party. That They're going to be watching all six of the movies. She's doing barbecues. There's contests and prizes. And they're going to have kegs of beer. And just a list oh. of it, fun things is piling up. Really? But I will be at the con. Well, I know where I'm going, slot seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Star Wars swingers party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Star Wars key party. <laughs> See? I plan on uh, between slot one, slot three and four, I guess four and five. I mean, going over to uh, the comic book store that's right there, Newcastle Comics, and just seeing what they've got for free comic book day. That's what I did last year. Yeah. So next Saturday, in, in addition to being the day after Iron Man three comes out in theaters, um, free comic book day, very big event. You know, get yourself to your local comic store if you can't make Fear of the Con. Um, there's some good stuff this year. It, you know, it, it seems every year there's like a mix of there's like one or two really great books and a bunch of crappy ones. But I dis- uh, it's really I disagree. I don't think there's anything good out there. I, I, I hate to say that about Free Comic Book Day because I'm generally pretty excited about it, but I don't see a single one of these titles that that uh, that I think is worth me leaving the con to go pick up. There's no hardcover uh, mouse guard this year. That's true. Yeah, that is a big disappointment. I mean, I know it was probably a huge loss for them last year, especially since they were advertising mouse guard. And mouse guard is really released at such an odd release schedule. It's basically released whenever each issue is done. So I think there were only two issues released last year. So advertising it. Hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I'm looking forward to Marvel's Infinity book. There's a Superman book that... Part of it's a reprint, but it's also got a preview of Superman Unchained by Jim Lee and Scott Snyder. So you say you're looking forward to the Marvel Infinity book. Yes. When I have heard stories that this is leaked online and that it's pretty incomprehensible. Uh, well, you know, yeah. But uh, you, where'd you hear those stories, Aaron? Uh, from you. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 got pretty art, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I, you know, it does have Thanos bursting through the cover. But and I, and I know, like the Kool Aid Man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> except <laughs> the, the purple Kool Aid Man. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Man, there's taste too. Oh yeah, crash something a boom. <laughs> there's an atomic robo book of you know aphrodite nine there's some good stuff uh-huh i mean is it an abundance of good stuff not ne- not as much as in previous years but i think they i think most common companies need to get away from especially the big two need to get away from reprints well and they need to get away from just using it as a launch into their big event they need to they, they need to I don't know. I, I think a superior Spider-Man book might have been a better choice for Marvel. Yeah. Well, remember, because they had one year that it was a Spider-Man book, and it was original – or two years, I think. It was original Spider-Man content. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. You know, they but, need to do something like that. You know, it, it, they, wasn't it Spider-Island or something that they tied into? 
I think so. Yeah. It, it was the one where he trained with Shang-Chi. Yeah. yeah. And so, then one year they had the story that was set in Brand New Day, and everyone was wondering when it was supposed to be set for. Yeah. But, uh, the two books I'm excited about. There's Atomic Robo because it's always good. They are – I would say they are probably the MVP for me of Free Comic Book Day because they re- usually release new content and it's always good. The other one is the Walking Dead special because there's a new short story about Tyrese in there, and they're reprinting some of the short stories from Michonne, the governor, and Morgan. So I, I think that could be really interesting because we haven't seen anything from Tyrese in a while. Well, the, the Superman books looks like a reprinted cover. Oh, yeah, I'm ignoring the Superman book because it's uh, first chapter of the Last Son of Krypton graphic novel. Yeah, well, I know yeah. I know that Paul is not ignoring Superman. I am not, and neither is Aaron. Uh, if you listened, if you were on our feet last week, um, we released the first episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly, our our monthly focus on Superman. Um, in our first episode, we chatted about Injustice: Gods Among Us. Uh, we also chatted about the new Man of Steel trailer, and um, we did a, a, a commentary or a running commentary on Superman: The Last Son of Krypton, the uh, the pilot episode of the Superman animated series. No. You know, I I enjoyed it, but I was surprised by the level of cussing from Mister Head. What do you mean? I don't no. understand. You shouldn't be surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I'll share the two things that I yelled at my iPod um, when I was listening to this. Oh God. Yeah. Um, the first one was you guys were talking about. You know this cartoon is old because there's a payphone. <laughs> and I said, you know this cartoon is old because there's a fucking newspaper. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. And then, mm-hmm. and then I said, Michael Rosenbaum is my Lex Luthor, and I mic dropped my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> I knew nobody was going to like that decision, but I didn't care. <laughs> you know, in all our discussions of Superman with Aaron and Polly, we've never discussed talking about Smallville. Just yeah, ever. If, yeah. if not the shit, he's <laughs> Yeah, He's going to be in uh, Metropolis this year for the Superman celebration. Uh-huh. Are you going to the Superman celebration, Wayne? I think I'm going to skip it this year. I've been what? every Wait, year. What? I've been every year, so many years in a row. But this year I've had a convention every single month. I think I need a convention break when June comes around. Yeah, but skip one of the other ones. Not the Superman convention. you got to go meet Michael Rosenbaum. And it is just a one-day drive. I well, can Margo be there Kitter. and back in one day. You could meet Margot Kidder. Uh, 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 yeah. You guys have a month <laughs> to talk me into it. You probably will. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we will. Peer pressure. You can wear your Scarlet Spider thing. I, uh, I have, in previous years, decided not to go, and then day of, got in the car and drove anyway. <laughs> Honey, you know, I'm going to the market. Yeah, oh, I was just Where thinking that. Wife's annoying me. I'm in the car. I'm going gonna gonna to go get some cigarettes. <laughs> Actually, it was more of a, I woke up that morning and said, hey, hon, I'm going to Metropolis. She's like, okay, I'll be here. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going back to sleep. Well, you know, it's, it, it sounds like that relationship where, you know, you've already broken up, but you're still hooking up. And you, <laughs> I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. And the next thing you know, you're in the car, you know. So we hear you, Wayne. We hear you. Aaron speaks from experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't quit you, Polly. That's right. That's right. I sure wish I could quit you. No, you don't. I do. I do wish. So, you know, Superman with Aaron and Polly, a lot of fun. We're going to we're gonna keep doing that. Um 
but you know what also is a great deal of fun is uh, Injustice Gods Among Us for Xbox, and I assume it's fun on PS3, Paul. It is, it is a blast on PS3 as well as Xbox 360. Um, Do you I, have it for both, Paul? Um, well, they're in the story. Somebody didn't listen to all of Superman with Aaron and Polly. Well, I did. <laughs> Well, I don't. I, I had to borrow an Xbox. It, it's a long story. Okay. <laughs> Suffice it to say that you had to you had to do some maneuvering. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, assuming you can't play cross-platform. Like if no. you have you have the PS3 version, you can't play with Aaron and Andrew. No, no. It's a it's a different platform. You know, the PS3 is on the PS the PlayStation Network. Xbox is done through Xbox Live. They're not done through a third party. Are there any games that let you play cross-platform? Not really. Yeah. The I think some of the MMOs. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah like some DC, of that stuff does. Like DC Universe Online trust. Well, uh, but they use different servers. They're specific to DC Universe oh, yeah. Online thing. Well, I am. I'm getting a huge kick out of Injustice. Um, I think I'm. A, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think, figure out how many levels there are. I think I'm maybe about halfway through. Maybe a little. Well, bit if you've through. already seen the Damian Wayne scene, you're probably about three quarters of the way through the game. Oh, am I? Okay, so yeah. okay. Yeah. So I guess that's my first question. When I first saw this thing was coming out, I had no interest at all because it's a fighting game. Is there story? Are there cut oh, scenes? Yeah. Absolutely. When you say levels, do you actually do anything other than fighting? There are, uh, you know, you've got your, your your big character fight. So in each chapter, you'll assume the role of a superhero. So you know, you get to play Batman, you get to play Green Arrow, you get to play, uh, you know, any number of characters, up to and including Harley Quinn, the Joker, uh, Flash. I mean, we- as well as sadly, the the fight that I could I, I could have been less interested in was Cyborg on Cyborg. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I, I, oh. it, it gets to that scene, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Not only do I have to play Cyborg, I have to fight Cyborg. <laughs> God, I... Uh. <laughs> so, Wayne, um, yes, there is a story. Uh, it, it is basically that the heroes from the regular DC Universe are sucked into the parallel dimension of the Injustice DC Universe, you know, the events that you're seeing unfold in the Injustice comic. And so it, it's basically the good heroes taking on the bad heroes of that universe. Uh, and it takes place five years after the events that you're currently reading in the Injustice comic book. So this, the universe has just gone downhill since then. Um, and it, it, the story is, uh, and maybe Aaron will disagree with me, but the story is really damn good, and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, the story's fantastic. Is uh, it all sold through? Is it all told through cutscenes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it basically it, the way it works, it is a fighting game first and foremost. So it's you're not gonna like side scroll. You're not gonna jump on ledges and climb through windows and solve puzzles. You know, you, you have your series of like, let's say the first character I think is Batman. And you have four or five Batman fights, and there's one ba- there's four or five Batman fights and a mini mission, like basically a mini game. And each character is like that. There's like twelve characters of the game, and um, but in between it tells a story, and you know there's a bunch of cutscenes, and it leads right into the fight. And as soon as the fight ends, it cu- it goes right into the next cutscene. It's all rather fluid. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I I'm really enjoying the cutscenes. You know the uh, the cinematics and whatnot are just fantastic. In fact, there's this. I, I just finished up one gigantic uh, cinematic fight scene, uh, and I don't want to give anything away, but I mean it's just epic in portion. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And Wayne, you will actually probably really dig it, even though you're not a fighting game fan. 
you'll actually probably dig it just for the story. Well, is it and, the kind of game that I could uh, say rent and just beat it on one renting? You really can. I mean, if you just sat down and and, and just sat there for an afternoon, you could beat the game. I think yeah, I'll I probably mean, do that. Then but, I'll uh, I'll rent it when I get a chance because I have no interest in the multiplayer. Well, yeah. the it's more of a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. The multiplayer is a fucking blast. It How is. do you not want to kick Aaron's ass? <laughs> I don't have an Xbox 360. Uh, I only have a PS3. Well, let me. How can how- you not want to kick Paul's ass, Wayne? Well, <laughs> because he would beat me. And Wayne, but I don't me, play fighting games. Wayne, let me tell you how this works because you know Paul wanted to play me an Xbox. He just bought me an Xbox. So you know <laughs> if you if you if you want to play me on in, on PS3, just buy me a PS3. <laughs> there you go. But, I don't you know, have Paul Aponte money. I understand. Uh, yeah, a few people do. But uh, the casting is great. And you know when we were playing last week. You know, I was trying to identify one of the voices, and I, I kept thinking, you know, Deathstroke the Terminator, is that Peter Weller? No, it's it's uh, J.G. Hertzler, which is the same guy who voiced uh, Martok on Deep Space Nine. No way, and really? And he's got a perfect fucking voice for, De- for Deathstroke. Yeah, I mean, and but there are, I mean, Kevin Conroy is Batman, Susan Eisenberg is Wonder Woman, George Newbern is Superman. Martok uh, is Deathstroke? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. No, he's great. Oh, yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. That, no, he actually does a really good job. He does. Uh, Wayne, I, I, I really think you're going to dig it. I, I, it's about it's like a six-hour story mode. So, I mean, don't – you're not going to, like, knock it out, like, in an hour like you would in Mortal Kombat. But, yeah, um, but I could rent it and beat it over a couple days. Yeah, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. The story. I think the story. But it's going to ruin the hell out of that comic book for you. I will complain about one little bit of casting or or a choice that they made. Cyborg. It it is on Cyborg. Yeah. yeah, Because uh, Cyborg, you know, the the character is educated. You know, he he grew up in in upper class uh, America. And he is ghetto Cyborg. <laughs> I mean, get, okay, now I'm interested. They got I mean, fifty cent to a voice. It, it is, is very much. Uh, what, you talk, what you talking about, Superman? Oh, <laughs> uh, really? yeah. Well, they got the same guy who does the cyborg voice on the Teen Titans cartoon. Uh, it is awful. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awful. He says booyah. He say booyah. Yes. He say booyah. Oh yeah, I, I'm sold now. Uh, <laughs> that was it. The, the cyborg booyah just pushed Wayne over the edge. He's like, I'm buying it now. I'm buying it too. Wh- that was not Aaron's intent whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was, I was citing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the next uh, game coming down from DC? Um, Arkham City Origins. I think it's probably the next one. Oh, another Batman Arkham game? Yeah, coming out this October. But what about yeah. that Infinite Crisis game, Paul? Oh, I forgot about Infinite Crisis. And, and Wayne was referencing the outline, and I completely missed it. Yeah, yeah that um, would have been a transition point, Paul. Yeah, yeah, Wayne stayed on script, and Paul's way off in the negative zone. What the fuck? Thanks, thanks for paying attention, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Yeah. 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 I actually haven't heard anything about this game, so I want to know what it is. Um, so um, Infinite Crisis is, uh, I guess they're called a MOBA, M-O-B-A, Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And... Um, it is for PC. It's only been announced for PC at this point. Um, and it's basically, um, it, it's got a story mode, but it takes place, you can basically take the uh, 
the multiverse characters and fight them, pit them against each other. So they've shown they've been releasing characters periodically. So they have like the Gotham by Gaslight Batman, um, the Vampire Batman from those uh, Kelly Jones books. Um, they've got uh, just I mean I, I'm trying to think of some of the characters they've released, but it's it's basically a battle arena um, with the different characters of the multiverse, and it looks really interesting. I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. They're going to have a tie-in comic just like they have with Injustice and uh, DC Universe Online. And uh, it, it seems like a lot of fun. Now, the problem is I know my PC is probably not capable of running it. Yeah, mine certainly is not. So I really hope they release some type of uh, but, Xbox or PS3 component. But I have to say that no matter what iteration of hardware I own, my uh, my PCs generally are capable of running, I don't know, Minesweeper. And that's generally about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I buy my PCs to basically just do what I need them to do. Right. And, you know, I, I'm not a PC gamer. I'm, you know, I, I use my consoles for that. So I really just, eh, the game has to look pretty damn spectacular. You know, a nice PC that'll run a game, a fancy game, is like $3,000. Right. You know, and I only spent like, I don't know, a couple hundred on my PS3. Yeah. Yeah, weigh your options there. So I, I, I hope they'll do PS3 like they did with DC Universe Online. Now, you know, not, not to take us too far off script, but uh, isn't there some kind of new announcement coming out about Xbox this week? Um, or- yes, uh, the, the the new Xbox, in fact, is I think going to be announced this week because uh, they've announced the PS4. I think it's coming out this holiday season, and I believe the new Xbox will as well. And so, Paul, when will you be buying me that? <laughs> I, I will, <laughs> um, when the Xbox Five comes, out, <laughs> huh. then you'll be getting the Xbox Four huh. or whatever the, this iteration is considered. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he was thinking about buying it for you, but then he bought some Superman toys instead. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. So, Paul, tell us about your recent excursion to the Walmart. I'm not sure we need to go into that much depth on that one. Uh huh. No, no, I think we do. I think we need. I, this, uh, we, we have gathered here today for an intervention. <laughs> All right. So, Paul, you have a problem. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm aware of it. But um, so I read the other this week. They um, Man of Steel. You know, Warner Brothers has announced a partnership with Walmart in that on May 18th. They will be there. Will be a super um, like a Superman party at 3,700 WalMarts across the nation, um, where you know people will be coming in costume, and they're going to have huge displays and special events and stuff like that. And at 8 a.m. that morning, they will be releasing tickets to a special exclusive um, showing of uh, Superman 7 p.m. the day before Superman comes out, and the tickets are only available at Walmart. So uh, on that, you know, they they they're released on Walmart on that day. So I, I'm I'm pretty excited about that because I, you know you can go see it at 7 p.m. the day before. You don't have to wait till midnight or 10 p.m. or anything like that. As long as you get your tickets at Walmart. I don't know and why you're, special. I don't know why you're so excited because you're going to be here recording that morning. Um. Well, the no. Uh huh. Uh huh. We'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. Um, Social contract, Paul. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back by by then, maybe. Um. But yeah, so it's uh, and they're special commemorative tickets too. It's not just like you get the regular movie ticket that they tear in half. They're they're special passes. Is it like a golden ticket? It is much like a golden ticket, except not. Do golden. not chew the gum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in <laughs> but in that same press release, they also said that uh, on April twenty eighth, 
they that Walmart would be starting to sell Man of Steel merchandise. Well, I went on April 25th to the local crappy Walmart. <laughs> the the Walmart. Yeah, basically. And I'm like, hmm, maybe they put the stuff out early. Do they have some homeless guy being the welcomer? You know, <laughs> probably um, local wino you know <laughs> so April 28th what was April that, 28th for everyone I said April 28th for everyone listening to this will be yesterday yeah. April 28th for me it's tomorrow so I'm going to be getting up early tomorrow to go to Walmart yeah because I so I went into the crappy Walmart and I walked and okay I'm going to be honest with you guys not they not knowing when the Man of Steel stuff has been coming out I've been pretty much cruising the Target, Toys R Us, Walmart thing every couple of days for the last two, three weeks. You and me both, Paul. Oh, my God. I uh, After I what saw you hell? post it, I didn't know where you bought it. I went straight to Toys R Us thinking it was there. And I have been cussing you every time I've gone to the store with the hopes that they were going to have those. <laughs> yeah, I, I've just been walking in and walking out disappointed. And um, except for that day. So I walk into the toilet. Really, it was during lunch. I'm like, you know, I got to pick up some Splenda and some shit anyway. Let me just look at the toy aisle. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> well, I, I've got to get Splenda. I'll go to Walmart. And while I'm at Walmart, I might as well go on the toy aisle with my little box of Splenda. <laughs> no, honey. Okay, I'll go yeah. to the store. I, uh... I know we need eggs. <laughs> I who, do that. Who does that? Who comes I, up with a grocery that. list that says Splenda? Oh, I guess I gotta go to the store. Somebody my, with a vagina. Uh, oh no, <laughs> my my wife will be like, I, yeah, I need I need eggs or I need milk or I need drinks. I'm like, okay, I'll go and I'll rush out to Walmart and then I'll go to straight to the toy aisle first. See, I'm more of a you know, honey. You know, the wife will say we need eggs. You know, we need milk, and I wind up at the strip club. You know, so <laughs> and just get it to damn self. I'm going to the strip club. Yeah, the strip Paul has eighty dollars worth of Superman toys, Splenda, and some Summer's Eve in his well, <laughs> some Summer's Eve. So, so I walk into this aisle. And I'm just looking, and like right in the Spider-Man, the the Iron Man three toys, um, there's like one little, you know, um, hook with Man of Steel action figures. I'm like, oh my god, they actually have some. So, uh, and as I go down the aisle, they have them in like different spots throughout the aisle, like hidden, like a Where's Waldo. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I may or may not have demolished that uh, that Walmart toy aisle. I would not recommend going to that Walmart looking for Man of Steel action figures anymore, <laughs> <laughs> because you will probably only find uh, a Superman or two. So now, how are the action figures? Yeah, that's are what I was going to ask. You know, there are three different levels. There, there are so many different things. I got to be honest. There's so much fucking stuff. I mean, there the Legos are really, really nice. Um, there are like three levels of action figures. There's the regular action figures, you know, like the GI Joe size. Um, and then they've got like a movie masters size, which are the nice ones. Um, and those are, you know, like 10, 15 bucks. Those are probably the ones that are worth getting. And then there's like an in-between level that have like, they come with, in fact, I'm looking at one now, uh, bank breaker, Superman. And he comes with like a, a bank vault that he can smash, and those are pretty cool too. 
Um, they have like Superman flyers that are like Stretch Armstrong that you pull back and let them fly. Um, just the, the different, so many varieties of different action figures. But I think the movie masters are probably really going to be the ones to get as far as quality and uh, you know um, sculpting and all that. Yeah, you know, speaking of Legos, the uh, one of the malls here is opening a Lego store, and I'm pumped about it because the uh, on their opening day, they're if they're doing a two day thing where they bring they have people come in to help them build it. They're building a life size Incredible Hulk out of Legos. Really, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm that's just kind of curious. I'm just kind of curious once it's there, what kind of Superman kits I'm going to be able to get for Man of Steel from it. So wait, they're they're asking for volunteers to build the, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, they have a professional coming to do the coordination of it, and a then they want volunteers to build it. Yeah, there is somebody who's a professional Lego builder. That's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. It I, is. I would show up and throw a red Lego in it just to fuck up the whole thing. <laughs> See, that, Paul, that is why you won't be invited. <laughs> but I thought we were making the Gray Hulk. What? This is Rolk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, Walmart, by the time you listen to this podcast... If you're a Superman guy, you probably need to head to Walmart and bring your checkbook. <laughs> but uh, May 18th is when the, the tickets go on sale for the June 16th, whatever, the June 13th uh, showings of Man of Steel. Uh, they're Paul, selling 2D, 3D, and IMAX showings. Paul, you're really showing your age. Bring your checkbook. Who uses <laughs> a checkbook anymore? You could have gone with bring your debit card or something, yeah, but no. I do. You go straight to checkbook. I don't even have a checkbook. Wayne. If you're buying that much Superman shit, you know you're floating the check. Come on. <laughs> uh, just, just to preface this, I went to Walmart the day before payday. So come on, hmm. people. <laughs> so speaking of Superman, Superman 19 came out this week from DC Comics. Uh, part of the is this? Yeah, this is one of the uh, WTF month um, issues. Features a uh, story by Scott Liddell or by. Kenneth Rockefort. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what'd you think of this issue? Uh, you know, I, I, I liked parts of this book. Um, I, I found there were elements that were a little confusing and there are, uh, I have to say there is something that I just absolutely hated about this book. And had I known that it was in the book, I might not have picked it up. And that's Hector Hammond. Oh my God, how I hate Hector Hammond. <laughs> I, tr- I, tr- I truly and righteously hate that son of a bitch. Um, I will tell you, I hate any big-headed villain character. Like, if they had, like, MODOK, Hector Hammond is my MODOK. Uh-huh. Uh, I hate MODOK, I hate Hector Hammond, I just, ugh, any big-headed character. I guess I could deal with the leader, but that's about it. Well, I, uh... I like Hector Hammond, I just don't like seeing him. Like, I like the things he does, I like the, uh, the stories he's in usually, I just don't want to see him, because he looks stupid. Yeah, he does. He looks stupid. And the, the only the, the only panel that I've ever enjoyed with him on uh, was in Or Orion. You know, the new god is is standing over him in this issue, and he's like, "Man, that is one big head." <laughs> <laughs> but then Orion lets me down and doesn't kill him. I, I really needed him to kill him. Just saying. <laughs> so yeah so this issue the the wtf month features wonder woman and orion and if you're not reading wonder woman um orion is a big one of the main characters there and so I, i'm sure that'll tie in in the next issue but wonder woman's a pretty big uh pretty big part of this issue she is. Uh, with with lois lane's housewarming party because she moves in with her boyfriend and i really i gotta say that was i really like that scene 
I, I liked all of the uh, the secret identity scenes, you know, in this mm-hmm. book. You know, the the, the Lois uh, party, and you know, you, you had Jimmy and Perry, and uh, her new boyfriend. You had Diana Prince, you know, Wonder Woman's alter ego. Um, I, I liked all of those pages. The pages that I did not care for were anything <laughs> relating to uh, even tangentially to Hector Hammond. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've complained about. Superman the New 52, that they weren't doing a good enough job of making him a well-rounded character and giving us his personal life. And that's why I like what Scott Lobdell is doing with Superman. I mean, he, he's doing a great job with the supporting cast. You know, it's the same thing as you guys. I really like that whole party scene. I like the flashes. I like how everyone was being messed with by Hector Hammond without actually seeing him. Yeah. Uh, I even enjoyed, I really enjoyed the Superman fight in the beginning. Because Lobdell keeps showing us that Superman is intelligent, that he doesn't just beat things by punching him, that he thinks ahead. You know, the um, the Lois Lane dressed as Wonder Woman scene? Uh-huh. Uh, that, was, that was a nice, nice page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sure was. That's a, I'm pretty sure that's a pre-Flashpoint scene, too. I seem to remember a scene with that happening. Oh, really? Back in the, uh, you know, the earlier eras of Superman. And you know, one of the th- I think my favorite part of this issue, and I'll preface this by saying I really enjoyed the issue, even though I don't like Hector Hammond, I really enjoyed this issue um, because I really liked the portrayal of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know that is not a portrayal, and I'll tell you, I've read every issue of Wonder Woman um, from the New Fifty Two, and that is not the the way they're portraying her in that book. There is no right. Diana Prince. You know, it is, she is Wonder Woman all the time, and it's pretty much been on the same story arc since the beginning of her protecting the child of Zeus. And that is exactly why I'm not reading Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. if, if the Wonder Woman over in the Wonder Woman book was the same Wonder Woman that we had in this book, I would be all over that. Because, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the Wonder Woman character, and I enjoy it when she's got a secret identity. Um, and I just have not enjoyed what they're doing over there. So, Aaron, I know you read these digitally. Paul, did you read the physical or digital copy of this? uh, Digital. Okay. So you guys didn't get any of the ads, I'm guessing. Correct. There there is an ad for the new 52 annuals that has me pumped. They've got – the ones they're really showcasing are Batman the Dark Knight annual number one, Catwoman annual number one, and uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws annual number one. But the, uh, the big one that I'm excited for is Earth 2 annual number one is being promoted as the new Batman of Earth 2 debuts. This Batman costume looks awesome. I've heard that there is there are more Earth 2 titles coming, so I wouldn't doubt that we're going to see a Batman of Earth 2 ongoing series at some point. I hope I hope it's good, and I hope it happens, because this costume is really cool. I mean, they've sold me on the design of it. Well, I got to tell you something that I'm sold on the design of is the new 52 design of the cyborg Superman. Oh, yeah. Have you all seen the artwork for that? Yeah. Oh, oh, it looks so badass. I can't wait for that. And the design is by Kenneth Rocafort. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be in the Superman book. Yeah. Yeah. But I really liked this issue. I, you know, it, it, I, I enjoyed hell on earth. Um, and, but I, I mean, this issue, just the focus on Clark Kent, that we weren't getting in Hell on Earth really set this issue apart, I think. I really love that stuff. Yeah, I like the direction they're taking the book. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I it feels this feels like a Superman story again. I'm not sure what I'm gonna think of next issue because I'm not a big uh, New Gods fan. But hmm. I as long as he keeps the uh, the solid writing, 
I'll stick through the villains or the uh, the other heroes I don't like just to get to the story I'm enjoying. So, Paul, uh, you're a you're a huge New Gods fan. Yes, sir. And you know clearly Orion is voiced uh, atypically in this story from you know pre New Fifty Two. What do you think about that? It is very jarring for me. Yeah. I will say it is a very it, it, it's like Thor walking up and saying, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, what's up? You know. <laughs> <laughs> How does his voice it, it, compare with over in Wonder Woman? Because you said he's a regular character there. Same. His voice, the voice of that character, is actually the same in this book as it is in Wonder Woman. He's very much, you know, modern slang um, speaking in that too, which again, very jarring for me. Um, I, I, I'm not. It's not to say I don't like it. Yeah. It's just 100% not the Orion I'm used to. And we haven't seen Apoc. Well, we we have we've seen some of Apocalypse, but we haven't seen any of New Genesis yet. Right. In uh in the New Fifty Two. So I mean I I don't know how they're gonna portray that society, but I it's very surprising to me that he's just you know he, that he's not more formal speaking. Sure. So uh, it's something to get used to. Uh, and Orion was probably one of my favorite characters, um you know in pre New Fifty Two and of the New Gods. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I haven't grown to like him in the New Fifty Two yet, so we'll we'll see how that you know how the story pans out. I, I am enjoying it. I'm looking forward to the next issue. Um, I'm, I'm glad Scott did a good job on Superman because he's also doing um, a fill in arc on Action Comics after mm-hmm. the Andy Diggle run. He's doing uh, four issues of Action Comics, so you know if, if he sucked at it, <laughs> that would be two Superman books off my plate for a couple months. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But no, he he he's he's really rocking it on Superman, and like we said when you know with the Andy Diggle premiere issue, I actually think he's doing a better job. So I, I would like more attention on this title. Well, fr- fresh from Image Comics this week is the first issue of Jupiter's Legacy uh, by Mark Millar and Frank Quietly. Is that correct? Correct. It is. Now, I do want to say, Aaron, um, as a digital comics reader uh-huh. and for our digital listeners, um, this title is not yeah. available digitally. Well, and, you know, uh, our digital listeners, so if you're listening on vinyl, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our digital comic reader listeners, how about that? Wow, I did not realize it wasn't available digitally. Yeah, that's a Mark Miller thing. Um, he 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 does not like day and day digital. He wants the comic shops to get the upfront sales, and then a couple of months later he'll release it digitally. I know a lot of folks were upset about that this week on Twitter, um, but that's a, a Mark Miller thing. So I'm starting to like him again. <laughs> so yeah. I would say if you're looking for this, you're going to have to go to your comic shop. But uh, Wayne and I read it, and Wayne, what did you think of it? And is it worth going to your comic shop for? This was my book of the week. Really, I I absolutely loved it. I, I mean, it was easily my book of the week. Nothing else even came close to how much I enjoyed this book. I really got into the story. I thought the art fit well, and it's a it's its own world, its own set of superheroes, and just the basic premise set up is that uh, you've had the older generation of heroes, and now these are their children who were just kind of given powers because they were born with them and they're not really interested in the superhero thing they're more pop celebrities and i like the characters a lot because this there's not a lot of superhero stuff in this characters yeah and you get interactions Mm -hmm. yeah you know so it tells it starts to tell the origin of basically superpowers in this universe um it takes place in the 1930s these characters go to a mysterious island and come back with superpowers and these are their 
their children. And, um, you know, like Wayne said, the children are more interested in becoming celebrities than they are in, uh, in actually doing super heroics. Yeah. There is a scene in the book with one of them passing out after doing off world drugs. Yeah. It, it's a very adult book, you know, and, but it's not typical Mark Miller excess. I will say, you know, it, it, it's not your typical Mark Miller book. No, there's not nearly as much violence as I would expect out of one of his books. Yeah, there's not really violence. There's not really profanity. You know, I mean, there's mention of sex, but there's not sex. Um, but it's, it, I think it's a, it's, it's kind of a mature Mark Miller yeah. book. I think and, someone taught him subtlety. <laughs> well, and Frank Quitely, uh, and I'm a, I'm a big Frank Quitely fan. And I think this art is probably some of his best. The characters aren't all ugly and hideous and wrinkly. You know, they're, they're, but they're normal looking. Um, I enjoyed the book. I wouldn't say it was my book of the week. I, no, I say and I don't think it, I say I don't think it would be book of the week for a lot of people. I think this one hits a lot of the chords of what I was looking for story wise. You know, this is definitely my book of the week, but it's because it hit it pressed all the right buttons for me. Yeah, I, I am going to you know I'm going to continue on with it. Um, I, I, it feels like it's going to read better in trade. I will say that, but uh, it, it is it's probably worth picking up, and it's a two ninety nine yeah. book. Um, pretty art, good writing. You know, I mean, you, and a glance behind the curtains, it's image, so we got preview copies. I bought a physical copy of this. Oh, did you really? I enjoyed it that much that I have I have the physical copy in my hand. Nice. Yeah, I, I will probably wait and pick up the, the print uh, trade paperback if the story continues on the right path. You just never know with Mark Miller. So, Tim, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Paul. You guys read Journey into Mystery this week. Certainly did. Issue six fifty one. Issue six fifty one. We had we had transitioned out of the Sif story, and the story we got here was was a transitional story. Um, it was a one and done. It was a one and done. I I, I didn't have a whole lot of feelings either way about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I like the portrayal of Volstag, but I mean he's been constantly portrayed really well in this in this um, run, so mm-hmm. that wasn't anything new. Um, I did enjoy the scene where um, Thor stands up straight out of bed naked, and then Volstagg's daughter walks in, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, she she lights up <laughs> like 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 a, like a flashlight. I mean, she's just beaming. Uh, the you know, uh, I have to ask, what does Volstagg's daughter look like? Uh, well, you know, Volstagg says she needs to put some weight on. She's she's too skinny, too skinny. Okay, so she's hot. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, she's preteen. Okay. She's, she's pre-teen. yeah. She's like you know, oh. twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the hot part then. Well, right, fair the enough. the book is uh, written by Catherine Eminen and is illustrated by Pepe Loras. Hey, Pepe Loras. We we draw the comic. <laughs> um, and it's, I think it's beautifully drawn. Uh, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. It's it's. I think if I was going to characterize the story in any way, I would call it charming. Um, it's a real simple story of, you know, uh, Thor and the Warriors three, you know, having some downtime, and then oh shit, the Fenris Wolf is loose, you know, and right. it, and Volstag is the guy who is telling the story, so he's the central character, and it's just it's just a very good story, um, and like I said, it's a one and done, uh, it, but you know if you know. Catherine Eminen and, and Pepe Larraz, Pepe Larraz, uh, were, uh, were, were on the monthly book. I think I'd, I'd be all over that because it is really a well put together story. 
The reason I want to talk about this book, Aaron, is yeah. the is the is the uh, six fifty two page. The six fifty two page. Yeah. So in the letters page, oh. I mean, maybe you didn't see this. They've got what's coming next. Yes. So you did see that? Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Bill. Yeah, and that, with Sif, and uh, yeah, that looks. Uh, you know, the Bill is back in town. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I love to meet some Beta Ray Bill. I gotta tell you, between this and Thor, I'm I'm very very happy with uh, Asgardia's portrayal in uh, Marvel now. Pretty hot. Very pretty very hot. happy. Chocolate bunnies and peanut butter cups. Very good. <laughs> so, um, so I'm gonna do a Paul transition. So, Paul, Wayne, and Aaron, you guys read Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this week. <laughs> Expertly done, Tim. No, I learned by watching more, you. That's a little <laughs> bit more of a transition than Paul would have given. If hey, Wayne, Aaron, Paul. This is found upon the comic book that I just transitioned to. I don't know yes. if you know how this works. We've only been doing this for three fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy number two came out this week. Um, already, I, I, I have to start off. I hate to start off with a negative. Mm-hmm. Already with fill-in art, issue two. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. No, no. In fact, um, I mean, it, it was great fill-in art. Um, yeah. Sarah Pacelli stepped into uh, to to do some pages on this book, and um, from Steve McNiven, who is uh, supposedly the regular artist for this first arc. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's a gorgeous book. Sarah Pacelli, she's she's a great artist. Steve McNiven, also a great artist. Uh, uh, Wayne, what did you think of this book? I know you're new to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, universe. You know, I really enjoyed it as a uh, second issue. It's uh, I finally see what Aaron loves about Rocket Raccoon. Oh, isn't he awesome? <laughs> as as I'm reading this, every time he shoots someone, blam, murdered you. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I love how he uh, depicts Rocket Raccoon in this book. Yeah. I thought they did a really good – this is basically a fight scene from the beginning to the end. But I thought they did a good job of actually giving us character in each one. You couldn't interchange these in these fight scenes because they have personality. And uh, I also liked that I called it that their meeting was in the negative zone in the first issue. Oh, yeah. You did say that. I was wondering where we heard – because I, I got to that page and I'm like, I vaguely remember discussing this with someone. Well, and we did get to find out who those. You know, we were we were asking the question who those people were that were you know silhouetted. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know we got to see that it was you know one of them was the All Mother. You know, in this issue, hello. Yeah, that was a new character for me. I've never heard of the All Mother. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was muted. I was saying, yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting twist because the All Mother. But I mean, she's also the one who defends Earth, so it's not out of character for her. Right. No, absolutely. Well, but there was that moment you're like, wow, is she she about to fuck Earth over? (laughs) But no, she she she, her decision is what drives, uh, you know, the the King of Spartax's decision. Yeah, let's just say that nobody can go to Earth, and then that's where all all shit, you know, breaks out. So. I dug the book. I dug the book, and like Wayne, I really was very amused by a Rocket Raccoon. You know, blam, murdered you. Blam, murdered you too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it, some of the gripes I had um, from earlier in the series, especially about Star Lord and, and characters like that, they seem to be alleviated more as the series goes on. You know, Star Lord is, you know, he, he's he's starting to turn into the character that I I remember him as. Maybe not quite as reckless, but a little bit. Um, I, I do not like his costume redesign, like at all. Like the helmet thing. 
Uh-huh. I do not like that helmet. I'm sorry. Uh, I think that one of the high moments for me in the book is when they're asking if there's any British X-Men. And his answer is, uh, there's Captain Br- there's Captain Britain. <laughs> is, he, really. is he any good? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good book. It's a good book. You know, I, the 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 change in artists did not bother me on this book at all. Um, but of course, I I think that I'm going into this knowing that Steve McNiven's not going to be able to deliver, so I'm not disappointed when he doesn't deliver. I yeah. enjoyed the art so much I didn't even notice it was a different artist. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, the, Sarah Pacelli's a great artist. In fact, I would say I think I enjoy Sarah Pacelli's art more lately than I've enjoyed Steve McNiven's art lately. Well, and I don't know why I just not give her the fucking book. I think they are, actually. I think with issue four. I think Steve McNiven's only on for another issue. Steve McNiven's a waste of time. <laughs> Sorry. I, you know, well, do that you is a line in the sand statement. It really is. Do original graphic novels. Don't make people wait on you for a fucking deadline. No, actually, I've got no respect for that at all. I agree. I agree. So. so. Well, and you know the thing that 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 upsets me about this, and you know, uh, I could just snip out of previous shows for this commentary, but you know what irritates me about it is, you know, there's nobody on the on these mics who didn't know that Steve McNiven wasn't going to be able to hit his deadline. That's but good. Marvel apparently doesn't give a shit. I don't know why they just bo- I don't know why they bother with him. Like you said, just just give him. An, you know, Marvel is actually based on DC because of DC's success with the Earth One. Marvel's actually doing original graphic novels. Yeah. Um, you know, give him one of those, and maybe they will, because yeah. well, he consistently misses the point on this stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, DC really raised the bar in the New Fifty Two, where books got to deliver on time. You know, and so I mean, you hear that anytime talent is being uh, interviewed, you hear them say, "Yeah, those books absolutely have to ship. You cannot be the reason why a book doesn't ship." And you know, we still hear you know from guys like Steve McNiven, uh, who can't get a book out. Yeah, you know, or you know, like Age of Ultron, which is you know two years yeah. late. Brian Hitch, you know, I it just it irritates the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I I will I will I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a happy pill, and I'll be back for the next book. Okay. <laughs> well, this next book actually made me very happy. Uh, this was a good book. East of West number two from Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragata from uh, Image Comics. Uh, you know, we we talked about the well. I think you guys talked about the first issue. I think I wasn't here for the first issue. Um, discussion and uh, I, I so I read both issues. I gotta say, I love this book. This book is fantastic. Hmm. Uh oh, Tim. Well, the last issue we talked about issue one, and I was confused. <laughs> I didn't know where I stood, and you know, I'm not a big Jonathan. Like, I haven't read a whole lot of Jonathan Hickman stuff, and now I'm getting the feeling that that's what he likes to do: confuse and mislead. I don't know how much I want to read confusing and misleading. Like, we got a little bit... It wasn't really answers. It was more exposition on this book. I'm not really in. I gotta be honest. Really? I mean, I don't... I don't know... I I, I will say the first issue was like, what's going on? But I think, for the most part, it do. You know, this is... You know, there's the four horsemen. Um, You know, Death was... Well, yeah, but Death was a horseman, and now he's not. And But they basically screwed him over in his life uh, i guess he, you know maybe he quit being a horseman tried a normal life they screwed him over killed someone his family or whatever and now he's trying to get revenge and stop the apocalypse um and maybe i'm getting it all wrong but i mean that that's the impression i got from the book uh, i i i'm i'm quite enjoying it i, I love the art 
I, I like the vagueness of how it's told. Um, and I just I think it's a badass book. I do too. I'm enjoying all of that. I'm enjoying that that uh, future frontier look about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it, 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 the book is a lot of fun. Now I will say I understand Tim's point of view though because Jonathan Hickman I love the guy mm-hmm. he doesn't always knock it out of the park but he's still an acquired taste for when he does sure because it's you know I love Secret Warriors I I I loved his Fantastic Four but you know it, those aren't just anyone can pick them up and enjoy them books they're very much you know you have to be in for the long game on those you know because the story's not gonna you really just have to dedicate you like i'm gonna buy this story and even though it's not gonna make sense eventually it will and eventually i'll be happy with it yeah and you know you've got to get enough out of each each issue to make it worth your while to hang around and that's a lot of what we said last time is that that we were intrigued by you know some of what had been laid down but that we were going to have to get payoffs pretty quick and i felt like this moved forward i I felt like i got enough for me to stay in for three and i'm really enjoying it even though i don't understand a lot of what's going on I'm really enjoying the book. See, the problem I have with it is is that if I I don't feel like I'm getting enough answers, mm-hmm. it may end up being good, but then I start trade waiting. You know? Right. Yeah, sure. And yeah. so they don't want. I'm sure that's not what they want. Um, you know, to see, especially in a, a book that's not. I mean, this is you know, image, so it's not not like it's a completely indie book, but you know what I mean. It's not a it's not a big two book where you have a little bit of leash to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I I think there's I think there's good going on, but I'm still too confu- I'm still really confused. So, I mean, you know, we're we're reading the press copy, so I'll probably read issue three with you guys because, um, I think it's worth giving a try. But I don't well, know if I'd be throwing down three bucks every month. I'm enjoying it enough that I'm picking up the digital copy. I'm I'm actually getting the Comixology uh, version of it so I can do the guided view and and have a higher resolution copy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I I get it, and I think uh, think time is going to tell on this one. I I know it's a miniseries. I don't know how long it's planned for, but uh, I I am enjoying it. And much like I'm enjoying it, I'm also enjoying Jonathan Hickman's work on New Avengers. So, Paul, tell me about New Avengers. Um, New Avengers number five came out this week, mm-hmm. uh, continuing uh, the Illuminati story currently told by Big John Hickman. You know, and I gotta say, like I said, Jonathan Hickman sometimes he he misses the point. Like with Avengers, I think he's missed it a little bit, and with Manhattan Projects, I enjoyed it at the beginning, but I kind of dropped out. Um, with New Avengers, I think he is just knocking it out of the park, and his big ideas are hitting all the right notes with me. Um, in New Avengers number five, we're continuing with the the, the first storyline, which is that um, there is uh, basically a, a universe eater. That is, uh, you know, that universes are are going one by one, and sometimes to save your universe, you have to sacrifice another universe, basically to feed him before he can get to yours to delay the inevitable. Um, yeah, but it and, is inevitable. It is inevitable, you know. <laughs> so you're, you're only buying yourself time. You're not fixing the situation. So the New Avengers have turned to, um, I guess, the priestess who they met in the first issue. Uh, she is one of the Black Swans, and uh, she is familiar with the multiverse of the Marvel Universe, and they have turned to her for help. And it, it, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of exposition. And i got to be honest, there's, there's, there's a little bit of action. 
but I didn't even think it was all that necessary. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree. Well, I mean, all you had to do was put uh, Lady Cthulhu <laughs> on the page, and uh, you know that that that, sh- that lady's freaky. Oh my god, yeah. You turn the page, and then there's like um, the black swans, and one of them's a Lady Cthulhu. And I saw that page, and I was just. I don't know what it was about that specific image or whatever, but I was just like, okay, this is the page where I have fully committed to this damn series. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jonathan Hickman's crazy crazy ideas have sold me on this series. It is just so, so well done. It only took five issues to get you there. Well, you know, I've enjoyed this one from the beginning. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, Avengers is up and down. It's uneven. But New Avengers has been consistently good. But New Avengers number five, I think, was the best issue so far. Yeah. And I, I am loving this book. Steve Epting on the art. It, it, Steve Epting's killing it on the art. I he mean, is. I mean, the the fight scene that wasn't necessary but was in it anyway mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, no, it's 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 awfully damn pretty. Yeah. So I, I, if you are a fan of big science fiction stories, I mean, this is not this is not a superhero story. And I would actually almost like the book even more. If they took the Hawkeye stance on it and just never showed the characters in costume. Sure. Because there's no need for them to be in costume. They're not doing super heroics. You know, I, they're meeting as the Illuminati. You know, for a secret organization, meeting in your costumes, probably not the brightest idea. <laughs> well, I do get a kick out of the way she talks to Doctor Strange. Oh, I know. She spits on him. You know, she, I mean, she literally spits on him and <laughs> refers to him as a necromancer. And what I found really interesting about that exchange is, you know, when you call somebody a necromancer, you're, you're really making a statement. And, uh, you know, he doesn't bother to, you know, refute the charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I do a little bit of ne- necromancy, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, not yeah, a lot. Right. I mean, you know, 60, 40, you know. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his response is, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, basically, and you know, Nam- and Namor's like, huh, she's got you pegged, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a well written book with good character moments, um, which again, Hickman sometimes he misses the characters at, at the expense of the story, but it, this is this is Hickman done right. Did you notice that Doctor Strange introduces himself as the Doctor? I did notice that. I am the Doctor. My name is Stephen Strange, a master of the mystic arts and sorcerer supreme of this realm. I am the doctor. And I was looking for a sonic screwdriver when he said that. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> uh, maybe they're trying to make Doctor Strange cool. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Keep trying. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Doctor Strange, but he, he is a, uh, a a hard character to manage. Yeah. I mean, most mystical characters are, but you, you got to change that costume. It's really the first start. First thing to do. I'm with you, Paul. I think New Avengers is is an awfully damn good book, which is surprising to me because I find Avengers uh, to be very uneven. There have been there have been issues of that that I've just been wildly crazy about. And Mm -hmm. then like this week, which we're not talking about, other than for me to say that I thought this week was a miss, you know. But New Avengers has been very consistent. Yeah, I gotta say it's very hard for me to stay on Avengers given its inconsistency. Yeah, uh, but New Avengers, I'm on board. I'm hooked. Give me more Lady Cthulhu. Okay, so I jumped off of Scarlet Spider, a book that I dearly loved when it started, but after the uh, trip to the microverse, which I enjoyed, uh, there was that whole the other thing going on, and so I s- have sat out the last couple of issues of Scarlet Spider. Talk to me, Paul. Talk to me. <laughs> All right, so Wayne and I read Scarlet Spider number sixteen this week. So. 
I think issue 14 was where the other was introduced um, into the Scarlet Spider book, and he gave himself over to the other and became the Spider God, um, which continued into uh, Spider-Man or Scarlet Spider number 15. Now yeah, I the, will say the wrap up on that one was so rushed and over, just not good. Yeah. It's- Iron Man number 15 was not a good issue. Um, 14 and 15 were not good issues. It seemed, like Wayne said, like it was very rushed. Like They realized, oh, shit. Uh, really, people don't like this other thing. we got to wrap this up fast. Um, and it's still, again, I, it, the other is still a piece in this book. Um, it's still within him. The spider monster is still within him. He can still turn into it. Yeah. Um, but it, the, the focus on issue 16, which was a, a done-in-one story, was kind of getting back to the supporting cast because we haven't seen them in a while. Um, other than uh, other than the the girl he lives with, the psychic girl he lives with, so this was kind of a level setting with his friends, you know, his friend the cop and um, and the relationships there, and they they they, they go to a rodeo, and uh, there's a lot of character beats there, and I I really enjoyed the issue. It's probably yeah. my favorite issue since before. It, it, it's back to the, the way it was before the um, the whole microverse minimum carnage nonsense. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Paul. This was There were a lot of cool character beats. There was a little bit of making fun of rodeos. And then you get... Armadillo was... Uh, he was the surprise of this issue in that I thought when I saw him that it was going to be ridiculous and stupid. And what they did with him was actually interesting. And when you have a drunken armadillo crying in the middle of a rodeo, you know it's going to be a good book. Apparently, <laughs> no, not it, everyone it, feels that way. No, no, no. But I mean, it, it is a, it is a very good book. And if you've been out of Scarlet Spider because of Minimum Carnage or um, the werewolf storyline, I would pick it up. Yeah, I just like the whole werewolf thing. They're not done with the other storyline and the totems. Because that very first page, they uh, they tell you, they foreshadow who the big coming villain is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, now, I mean, it, it looks like the next issue has Wolverine in it. The next three, I think, have Wolverine in them. Okay. Yeah, and a new artist, um, which the, is good because uh, the artist hasn't been so great for me. Yeah, I know that's not what it's going to end up being, but when they set up the initial – earlier in the series – Kane agreed that he would do one more assassination and then be off of the just be free of the people that that were hiring him before. That assassination target is going to be Wolverine. Oh, that'll be easy. So that leads <laughs> that leads into the uh the crossover that's going it's not a crossover that book for at least 3 issues. Huh. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, for you guys who were hesitant on it, I'd say go ahead and pick up Scarlet Spider 15. It, it kind of brings you back into uh, where the the status quo is now. And I think that's it's a, it's a, it's new reader friendly to the series. If you want to hop in on the series, it kind of tells who everyone is, what's currently going on, and sets it up for the the next storyline. Yeah, and it's a good done in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we got a Superman contest going on. It's a yeah. contest. Paul's getting rid of some of his overflow. <laughs> and, and, and this is going to – the contest rules, it's kind of a cage match. Is that right, Paul? You know, that uh, people got to pin you in order to win the prize? Uh, it's right? something um, – yeah. No, 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 no. No physical violence towards me. <laughs> I, that was my understanding is that you <laughs> kick Paul's ass, you get a prize. Less interested. Aaron, was it that way we were going to do that at Fear the Con? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, donkey punch Paul and uh, get a prize. Dude, I mean, I'll donkey. still do it, but if there's no prize, but 
<laughs> Sign this waiver, Paul. No reason. <laughs> so um, with uh, last week's release of Superman with Aaron and Pauly, we have a Superman-themed contest. Um, go to ideologyofmadness.com and post on the Superman with Aaron and Pauly uh, article or uh, post on the article that posts the uh, the podcast itself. You know, give us ideas for future things on Superman with Aaron and Paulie you'd like us to chat, talk about. Um, tell us about your favorite Superman story or why you love Superman. Any any number of things. Just leave a comment, and um, the if you will be entered into a random drawing to win a Funko Pop Hero New Fifty Two previews exclusive version of uh, Superman. Uh, it's a Superman vinyl figure, the New Fifty Two style. Uh, they were just recently released, and uh, they're they're not the easiest to get. Again, they're previews exclusive. So um, if you're interested, go ahead and go to Ideology of Madness, or you can go to iTunes and leave us a review, uh, or leave a review of Superman with Aaron and Polly on our iTunes feed at Ideology of Madness uh, keyword. So next week, we will actually not be talking about new books. What? We're going to be at Fear the Con. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, fine, whatever. But <laughs> but if you do hit your local comic shop, you could pick up the newest issues of Age of Ultron, All New X Men, Hawkeye, Indestructible Hulk, Iron Man, uh, Superior Spider Man number nine, which is supposedly a very important issue to the series. Very important. Very important. Where Spider Man and uh, Peter Parker battle for control of the body. The um, body. I am in There's control a- of the bodies. <laughs> Action Comics number 20, um, which is the uh, – basically Andy Diggle didn't write it, but Tony Daniel did. Uh, Aquaman. Let's see what else. The Movement number one comes out from DC Comics. And now is that about a bowel movement? I was just going to say Aaron's about to have a movement <laughs> as soon as we get out of the podcast. <laughs> the Movement is not a bowel movement. It is written by Gail Simone with art by Freddie Williams. And um, is I guess about uh, superpower dis- disenfranchised, the voice of the people. Uh. So we'll see. Could be interesting. Occupy the Justice League. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and so all that and more next week. Ooh, Black Bat number one from Dynamite Comics. Miss Fury number two from Dynamite Comics. I like Miss Fury. That, that, that first issue was really good. Um, Artifacts number 27 from Image Comics. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and uh, one book that I'm rather excited for is Ten Grand, number one from Image Comics, which is the return of Joe's Comics. Um, if you're not familiar with Joe's Comics, that was an imprint from Image Comics a while back, uh, where the books were written by J. Michael Straczynski, and they had titles mm-hmm. like Midnight Nation and Rising Stars. Oh man, if we could have a superhero just walking across the country, that would be great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what this one is. Oh, man, that would be like, oh, oh maybe a superhero doing everything he can to ignore his wife and yeah. just generally being a bad husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, that sounds that's how we got to get me some of that from the, from the marketing team that brought you Larry's comics. It's Joe's <laughs> comics. <laughs> well, and uh, before you hit your comic shop, don't forget to hit Walmart and pick up some Man of Steel goodies. If you right. find any, Paul bought them all. Yeah, don't go to that Walmart. <laughs> so, Tim, what time are you getting into St. Louis? Uh, Wednesday evening. Oh, wow. Oh. Getting there early. Yeah, planning on going to the zoo Thursday and, uh, you know, having a little uh, adventure time. Okay. Well, I will see you guys on wing night. Mm. Very exciting. Mm, sounds good. All so, right. Aaron, 
Sir. What do you get in? Will, will, will you will you be picking me up from the airport, or will I have to walk? Um, I should be on the ground before you land, so uh, uh, you and I can uh, can uh, ride together. Very exciting. I'm I, I'm really looking forward to this, and right. uh, you know, look for the uh, actual plays on the website in, in the coming months. Very good. All right, guys, we're out. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.